Joining us, the founder of GNN Radio and GolfNewsNet.com, Ryan Ballingy is our guest. Ryan, how are you, man? Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you guys. How are you? Yeah, doing good. Thanks for spending some time. Hard to imagine we're wrapping up the year here. And so, uh, but before we get into your thoughts on 2023 stories, man, a lot took place from a week ago to what, what we, where we are now. And let's just start with Tony Finau. Were you surprised or, and if so, how surprised that Tony ended up uh, giving us the, the nod that he was staying on the PGA Tour? I was surprised, and I think the reason I was surprised is because two things. One, Finau kind of acknowledged the, the, the rumors that were out there, and, but said, I, I really don't have anything to say right now, kind of implying, well, let's let this tournament finish, and then I can deliver the bad news. And then also James Corrigan, who's, who's been one of the reporters who's been all over this, that kind of put it out there. Like, Finau is one of the guys that's almost certainly going to go. So I think a lot of people have braced themselves. Uh, you know, Rom and uh, Fina have a decent relationship. And so maybe there was some kind of link made there. So I, I was fully prepared for that to happen. And then for him to come out and say, you know what, I'm, I'm not leaving. Uh, that, I, I think, probably buoyed a lot of people's interests uh, or, or spirits if you're a PGA Tour fan, aficionado, whatever, after Rom leaving. Yeah, and, you know, Tony was probably a big one for them that they were trying to get as well. Terrell Hatton was also in the mix. Jason Day also in the mix. Um, kind of interesting to see that Rom makes the jump, but yet you've got some guys, some younger guys, that are kind of the, what would you say, the stalwarts that decided that, you know what, PGA Tour is where I want to be. And I wonder how much of that has to do with the Saudis themselves, right? I mean, they spent, I'm guessing, close to a third of a billion dollars and a minimum on John Rom. And that's a lot of money to throw at any one individual, especially knowing that the reality of the situation is that Rom is a chess piece. He's not a superstar to build live around. He's a guy to make a point to the PGA Tour about and go, well, if you're going to mess around with us, we're going to mess around with you. We have plenty of money to get whoever we think we want or need. So you better come to the table. Maybe with that in mind, they kind of changed their mind a little bit on Tyrrell Hatton or Tony Finau. And, and maybe they just kind of said, you know what? Maybe we're not going to spend as much money on you guys, or maybe we just need to take a pause and see what happens. Because if there does turn out to be a deal that comes in the next several weeks that involves the public investment fund, they probably will have spent all of this money in vain. So maybe they figured, 300 million is enough to spend in vain, but anything on top of that is too much. I don't know. Uh, the vanity to have that kind of hundreds of millions for vanity billions. What are we talking about here? Yeah. So no, no question. Well, that may be the case, right? It could very well be a contract thing. Could have been that the offer was never there, that it was just smoke. Yeah. But what we've seen is what the kind of smoke we saw around Tony felt like there was something, you know, that was on the table. At least there was, there were talks happening and it, has led to some sort of an announcement, you know, days following this kind of smoke. So Tony doesn't go, let's just assume that Tony had a contract or he had an offer and he says he's not going, he's staying regardless of the reasons. How impactful is it for a guy like Tony Finau to choose the PGA tour? If in fact, he, that's what happened. Uh, if that's the way that it went, I mean, I think that is significant. I, I still think that there are some options on the table for the females of the world, the Hattons of the world to be quote unquote made whole from 
a fund that the Saudis have suggested they would throw a billion dollars at to make players who didn't go to live Holy get moly. some kind of compensation uh, for not going to dollars. live in the first place. Yeah, I mean, if they're willing to throw a billion dollars for just kind of here's a make good pool of money to do what you want with, then uh, maybe Finau and Hatner look well. We don't know what's going to happen. We want to make sure we're in the majors. If this deal doesn't happen, then the money that we can collect from them may not get us the kind of security finance or, you know, in terms of professionalism, it might be a financial security, but professionally you don't have the security that John Rahm has yeah. just like Cam Smith had last year. We go, well, I don't need world ranking points. Um, you know, Rahm's in the masters for life. He's in the U S open for another eight years. He's in the Open Championship and the PGA for the next five. So what he probably figures is no matter what happens, I'm probably going to be fine. Finau and Hatton don't enjoy that same kind of security. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much of a price you could put on that, given that Tony's been close. Cyril's been relatively close in majors. So if they feel like they're at their prime, then maybe they don't want to give that up for whatever amount of money was on the table. Well, and that's huge. I mean, we talk about the golf world today and how the top elite players and the best players in the world consider majors the top of the heap. Um, winning other tournaments and playing on uh, in other venues and other events gets them to where they want to be or possibly to where they to where they can compete and, and win a major championship. And as you said, a guy like Tony Finau, he jumps out now. He's got one year of major championships, and after one year, he's not going to have the world ranking points to go with it, and he's outside the top 50, and he's going to have to qualify for the U.S. Open, the Open Championship, but he, and, and he's not in the PGA or the Masters. Right. I mean, it, the security blanket difference between Rom and Finau could not be more stark because most players, operate on a one-year basis in the majors. They operate so long as they can win on the PGA Tour, as long as they can earn world ranking points. And you can't do that on live right now. So there's no guarantee that's coming. There's no guarantee that that change will happen. So that's worth a lot of money to guys to be able to play in the tournaments that, frankly, matter the most. I don't care how much money is available to the FedEx Cup winner. I don't care how much money is available in every signature event. The world ranking points and the ability to earn more pathways into the majors through the PGA Tour is worth a lot of money. Ryan Ballinger, GolfNewsNet.com, joining us here on Real Golf Radio. Last week, we had, uh, I guess, the first of two Silly Season events. It's kind of what it's come down to. You could throw Hero in there, I guess, as well. But, it, you know, we, the Grant Thornton last week with the, the mixed team events, to me, that's something I've been looking forward to all year. And I was actually disappointed that this uh, this story with Rom and, and then Finau rumored and all that sort of overshadowed what took place there at Tiburon. But what was your thoughts on that uh, and, and how it all went down, the format of it, the entertainment value, just as an event itself? I really enjoyed it. I'm glad they made the change. I'm glad they went away from having 12 two-man pairs and doing 16 two-player pairs, getting the LPGA involved. I thought it was really interesting to see how certain players – PJ tour players bought into their partner and the concept over three rounds where it kind of felt like the first day that a lot of players weren't taking it seriously on the PJ tour side, but the, they were just kind of doing it. They're just playing golf. And then you got to Saturday and then it went Sunday and it felt like some of the male players 
like Team Canada, Team Australia, uh, those those folks picked up the intensity of their LPGA partner and yeah. were like, all right, we're gonna let's do this. Let's really try to win this thing. This isn't just for giggles and for the LPGA players, five hundred thousand dollars a person to win the event is a lot of money. So yeah. their intensity, their interest in their game, I think encouraged some of the PGA tour players to play harder and play a little bit more to the same intensity as the LPGA players. And by the time we got to Sunday, it seemed like it really meaned a lot to a number of the teams involved and they weren't just playing to go through with it. And I really liked that facet of it. And I, I think that spells good things moving forward for the event because then the, the PGA tour players will go and tell their peers, if you have an opportunity to play in this, you should. I had a great experience. It was fun. I really like playing with my partner. And, and hopefully that creates a bigger stature for this event. Yeah, and it creates a mutual respect for the tours and that kind of thing as well. Um, so the big question now is, what are some of your top stories for the year of 2023, Ryan? Wow. Uh, I mean, I feel like we had a 10 years worth of stories in one, right? Um I, I guess the start has to be whatever has happened on June 6th to this point. I know that's not inside the ropes, but, but this has been a transformational year for professional golf and there's going to be another ahead. I, I don't, I don't think that even if there's a deal made tomorrow that there's still not a lot of things that are going to change. So this is step one or step two in a, in a bigger process, bigger transformation. I, I think Rom establishing himself, as a multi-time major champion, two different legs of the Grand Slam, that that cannot be underestimated. Having another player in men's professional golf with multiple major championships, Brooks Kepka winning a PGA from Liv. No matter what you think about Liv, Brooks coming back from multiple years of kind of doubt and injuries and swing flaws and, and all these different things in the wilderness from being a dominant player to almost a shell of himself to seemingly, at least for one week, the guy that won four majors in a 24-month time span. So that was very interesting. And then I think Lilia Vu is a really underestimated story this year. Um, she really thought she was an imposter on this tour, on the LPGA tour, and got her status back after a, a really rough rookie campaign, had to go back to the Epson tour, comes back, starts to figure out how to play, wins the Chevron, maybe out of thin air, but she thought she was an imposter even having won a major. And then she wins another at the Women's Open. She's got two. She's clearly one of the two or three best players on the planet. I would say probably the best player on the planet at the moment on the women's side. And she's getting better. She's starting to learn how to win without her best stuff. And that, to me, is a mark of a great player when you can learn how to beat field without your absolute best stuff. And, and same for Celine Boutier. I mean, had an incredible year. Who knows if she'll repeat that, but to become the first French woman to win uh, a major championship in her home country, no less, uh, really, really cool for her. So, uh, I mean, tons and tons of great stories, but I, I think those are probably the standout players for me of the year. To say nothing of Rose Zhang, right? Yeah. I mean, Rose Zhang wins in her first start. That That's incredible, and, and she's going to really develop into an incredible player, I think. Uh, this is just the beginning for her. Then I, I didn't even talk about the Champions Tour. I mean, Steve Stricker is beating everybody left, right, and center. Uh, he doesn't even have he didn't even have to play in the Schwab Cup playoffs to win the Schwab Cup. That's how dominant he was on that tour. That Bernhard Langer still 
up there and getting trophies. He's ageless. It, that's unbelievable. Um, that there are a lot of really cool things happening in golf yeah. that yeah. Allison, have Allison nothing Allison to Corpus- do with all the best. Allison Corpuz was another one at the, getting her first win ever at the Women's U.S. Open. Yeah, at she Pebble was Beach. incredible at Pebble Beach, no less. I mean, it was a dominating performance. She was fantastic. She kept her cool, even when Charlie Hall was putting on the pressure down the stretch. They had that. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how people feel about Liv, but Taylor Gooch winning the way that he did three times on that tour was it meant something. I mean, it meant a lot to him financially for sure. What that means in the grander scheme of golf five years from now, I have no idea, but if it does translate into him someday becoming a, a major contender or a guy who plays well in 72 whole events, then this year may have been really important in his career where we put that. I don't know what that means quite yet. And uh, just real quickly, you're, you're not a big fan of the whole coverage around Charlie this week, huh? Well, it, it's not that I don't like it. I mean, I understand why people are drawn to it, but it, we in, and not you and I in this conversation, you and I in this conversation, but I feel like a lot of people just kind of take it too far. It's like this kid's 14 years old. He, I understand he's a public figure by no fault of his own, but for the one week a year that he's truly a public figure, it, it's insane. I mean, the, the tour has gone well out of their way to publicize this event this week they're giving way more coverage to tiger and charlie i mean again father and son that's cool but compared to the q school where people's lives are going to change at the end of this week because of five at least five pga tour cards being handed out so i i appreciate it i appreciate everyone's interest if you like it go devour as much of that content as you humanly can but i really just want to watch them play golf i don't need to worry about what they're like together or get into the insides of, of their relationship. Like that separate private relationship is kind of what makes this event special in my opinion and making that more public. I feel like kind of takes away from it in a way. Well, right. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll definitely be tuning in to see Tiger Woods and his son play in the PNC championship. I, I know there's a lot of other great stories there, but uh, that's definitely the draw. There's no question about it. And just, just great, great that uh, Tiger can actually play. And this is a good week for him. He gets a cart. So he's got that going for him. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. Is good. And I, 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 for one also cannot wait to, I mean, Lee Trevino's there. That's always a thrill. Uh, I don't care who he's playing with. And then to get to see Steve Stricker and his daughter play, Different context for sure. Obviously, Steve Stricker's not Tiger Woods, but pretty cool to see that happen too. Yep. Ryan, thanks, man. Happy holidays. We appreciate you as always, and uh, we'll talk to you again, I guess, in the new year. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it as always. Thanks for a great year. You got it. There you go. Ryan Balangy, golfnewsnet.com, GNN Radio on iHeart. Check that all out.